can match the Michigan three-point shooter, Luke Hancock. And he's done it to the tune of trying to get his team on the lead. And up ahead, Deceiva. Oh. And by Harrell. And just like that, in the blink of an eye, Louisville comes from 12 down to take the lead. Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? Back from a, a small hiatus. Chris, how are you doing? Man? I'm doing well. It's literally as soon as we went live, I just felt the rain get really heavy. So I don't know if that's like a like a sign of something. But yeah, man, it's the takes are coming. <laughs> yeah, the takes are back. <laughs> it's it's a, a 10 40 a night here in Louisville. We, we've had some rain all night. But yeah, dude, it's it's good to be back. Um, yeah, we kind of took, we, yeah, we took an unannounced little break. I think after the basketball season winded down, we wanted to take a little break and kind of recalibrate, you know, Chris and I've had a few discussions. We actually had like a, a record time that we're just like, we're just going to talk about what we want to do for the pod <laughs> for, yeah. for an hour. And that's what we did. Uh, so Chris, yeah, like we are talking about like what's next for the pod. Cause it is going to be summer and the off season of, of sports. So what are you yeah, excited I mean, to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not going to sit here and get takes about Louisville football for the next four months about who the backup offensive guard is. <laughs> I just, just don't have them. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully get some, get some interviews here on the show. Um, we have a budding governor's race. That's really going to be exciting to, yeah. to talk about. Um, honestly more exciting than, than some other governors race in the past. And I'm pretty thrilled about that. Um, I, I think your boy, Ricky P will give us, uh, some content at some <laughs> point during the off season, as he tends to do. Um, uh, there will be things that pop up here and there, but yeah, we're going to be throwing a bunch of different stuff out just uh, around the city of Lobo. Um, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a good time in Lobo, you know, it's, it's, Two weeks it's an interesting before, time. I think. Two weeks before derbies, five weeks before the primaries. Yeah. Um, it's 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 good stuff. We've got some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, I think sort of what we've agreed on is we're going to start doing interviews with people, and it's it's definitely not necessarily going to be sports related in the slightest. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's it's good. This is going to be like nonstop politics, even though we we definitely will talk talk about that a decent amount. Our goal is to kind of talk about the topics that are happening. You know, uh, all kinds of little related things every week, and then bring to you some interviews. And sometimes it'll be Chris interviewing somebody. Sometimes it'll be myself interviewing somebody sometimes it will be both of us interviewing someone we were just talking before we started about someone we're, we're hopefully uh, going to interview here in the next few weeks so be on the lookout for that and and we're gonna you know the phase one was kind of the proof of concept was kind of the we can talk we feel confident about our ability to talk on a podcast and talk about things and so phase two is 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 this kind of iteration of us talking about other non-sports related things and bringing in interviews and uh, hopefully we'll have an intro. We've been saying, Chris, I've been talking about intro yeah, for like a yeah. month. We, we, <laughs> have, we have ran our feet on the ground in this intro thing, but I think it's it's going to be more improved it's, and fixed once we get it figured out. But, you know, like like Gabe said, I think this is kind of the time where we're really going to grow and, and um, kind of do some things that hopefully you guys really enjoy. Yeah, so definitely be on the lookout for some of that. I think uh, a couple people that listen to this might even – be receiving messages from us and interested in interviews. Uh, so if you're one of those people, uh, be, you'll see us in the inbox. You'll see us <laughs> you'll reaching see us out. In 
those DMs. Yes, he is sliding in those DMs. But yeah, we just wanted to start this deal off before uh, we started the fun. It kind of kind of giving you a heads up of, of what's going to happen in phase two of the What High School Pod. Um, shout out to the to the people we were trying to get the Twitter account from for the past. <laughs> <laughs> two months That's we've been story. we've been in heavy conversation to obtain a a twitter account um and Over, it, it, it's yeah. been fun it's been fun it's uh it, but another thing that hasn't gone anywhere that one isn't our fault I, i've kind of but anyway we'll, we'll we'll get to that when we get to that i have to spur something on you that was on our notes yes sev- several shows ago yes. and i'm driving to work this morning and, and i just think about it and i'm like oh shit i gotta talk about that <laughs> the, the supreme luggage i i you were going so you were going to a bachelor's party right and yeah i think you posted that on your instagram yes. and you you live you live in a little bit you and other people not just you but you live in a little bit of a different world than me you guys like the supreme and stuff like that i like it i i, I just don't i I'm, i don't really live in that world so i'm curious about a few things you posted okay. that on instagram okay and my first literal thought was, when was that purchase made? Okay, well, let me let me uh, let me let you in under the cover here. Okay, I'm gonna let you behind the curtain, Chris. Let me behind the curtain. Please. The Supreme luggage is fake. Is a hundred percent Chinese. Oh my lord, that just one to one created. So here's, I literally had a conversation with a friend the other day who was. It who had, looked it looked real because oh, the first it, thing I did totally, I, I oh, looked that up. I it was a hundred percent trying to flex. Yeah, a hundred percent fake flex, and me trying to look really cool on this bachelor party, and and I had several compadres who went with me. That we all bought like fake Chinese stuff, like fake Gucci, fake like all this stuff, okay, just so we could like look hilariously bad. And uh, it was really fun. So I, I bought a, I, I found the the same place where I purchased a Supreme hoodie had a Supreme bag for like five dollars. And I was like, all right, I'll get this <laughs> this this very perfect gym bag. So now I have, like this gym bag that I, like has Supreme stuff. It's pretty hilarious. Um, I very much do not buy into. I listen. I think some of the Supreme stuff is cool looking. I'm not going to disagree. I think the logo in general is you know it's fun simple branding I, I can i can have an appreciation for some design elements i think the fact that it's literally costs like three hundred dollars for the bag that i bought for five dollars from china like yeah. if you wanted to buy that bag it literally is like 250 dollars. that's yeah. ridiculous uh so, <laughs> and I, yeah go ahead i mean the the, the take was gonna be was that a that a pre-marriage or post-marriage purchase <laughs> but this 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 changes everything now so i, I understand it a lot more but i'm outing a, myself it, as a rep guy yeah that, i'm out that's, that's immediately what runs through my mind when i when i see that but yeah man the the supreme stuff is cool the off-white stuff just makes me so angry because <laughs> some the of the difference? well I, I don't know the difference are, are they they're owned by different people i assume but some yes. of the prices that i've seen on some of the off-white stuff is just well, off-white is considered more to be like a, a higher level of fashion which is hilarious because it's still just like people wearing t-shirts that have like x's on the back and yeah. like like weird off like this this crossing design that that they're known for. So I love this is where we're starting. This is this is great, very Louisville related. But like I I think you're starting to see some more like especially in younger people, not even millennials, like the what generation Z is super into Supreme. And it's actually hilarious because like 
I actually, you know, just, just in kind of learning about things, there was a period of time I was trying to flip Supreme, you know, right. cause you can make good money. Like, flipping right. Oh yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> so there was a period of time I was doing that and I, I kind of immersed myself in it and you just kind of learned like the, how, like how much these kids are willing to spend, you know, just thousands of dollars for really it dumb is, stuff. It is, it is really amazing. I've spent my whole life really wanting one bougie item and it is a, it is a, <laughs> Gucci crew neck that I, I have spent a really long time wanting. And one day I will own that uh, and it will be the perfect one that I've imagined. But that that's really been about it for me. No, but I, I completely, I'm there with you. I actually have like looked for like similar, the, all, the internet has all these things. We can right. talk about it after the pod. I can find all of these things for you. I'm glad we started here though. That was a, a fun diversion. You always got to throw something at me, Chris. Yeah. And you never tell me what it's going to be. And I always appreciate it every time. I'm, I'm glad to do that for you. I think it was a good way to, to welcome everyone back here. But I, I do want to talk a little bit about our boy, Ricky P. And it feels Ricky like we, we go a few episodes and we have to mention him and we just come back to him because it's the well that keeps giving. So so you watch the Masters, right? We, we of course. saw the Tiger Woods redemption story. Um, shout out to Tiger Woods. Yeah, shout out to Tiger Woods. Everybody loved it, myself included. Um, I, I, it got a little dusty in my house. It got a little yeah, dusty. <laughs> it, it, it was beautiful. I mean, we, we root for the redemption story. And I had a thought that kind of crossed my mind is us as a Louisville fans. Okay. After everything, and I'll put myself into this group because I am totally there. But after everything that has went on the past couple of years in this university, and I, I guess we can set the parameters that what went on in this university, Rip Bettina was not the victim here, right? Right. We, we, we can agree with that. Whether he knew we can, you know, we can, we can quibble about how much responsibility he takes, whether he knew, whether he didn't know about the stuff that was going on. He was not the victim. He of course. He took some responsibility. Despite what he would have you believe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for better, yeah. for worse. Yeah. So, so my question is, why why are we re- rooting for the Rittino redemption story? Why do we want him to get fi- hired? Because I, I every job that comes up, I, I look at it and I'm like, Hire Ribatino. We need him in the game. Hire Ribatino. Hire Ribatino. And I want to. I'm one of those people. Bad. But my my question is why? Like, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we look at it and be like, I hope that guy never gets another job again. I hope he stays in Greece. I hope he doesn't get another opportunity because he screwed us over. And to be fair, I've talked to myself looking at that. Like, and I'm sure there are people, but it seems like. It, it seems like there were a lot of people when it first initially happened, but it seems like those people are the minority now. Yeah, no, and, and I've actually had this conversation with people who are on very opposite spectrums. And I, I, I almost wonder if this is one of those things. I don't know, kind of I kind of feel you're kind of landing closer to the this guy should never get a job again, Chris. Yeah. I don't know if I'm if I'm wrong here. But it's just like my mood has has shifted up and down because obviously we had, you know, the the news that was kind of news where where Tara the, there was a letter of inquiry inquiry Tara yeah, said there yeah. wasn't a letter of inquiry it was just an informal formality and and all that jazz which Everyone means knows. like we're like eighteen months away from this being an actual thing like right. let's be clear so right. but exactly. it's you talk you're talking in this way and I get it and I've talked to people about this and we'll, I'll get to sort of my thoughts here and then I've talked to the complete opposite of of people 
that people who are almost like still thankful for Rick, not necessarily feeling like Rick should have kept his job, but like it reached its natural end, even though it was an unnatural end, it reached its conclusion. But for they, for these subset of fans, I, I, my vague estimation is I think this is 15 to 20% of fans. I think a lot of them tend to be people who don't live in Louisville anymore. People who aren't immersed in the 24 seven Louisville fan culture, the Louisville radio. I think they're more likely to be those people. And you're you're talking about the people that are against him ever getting a job. No, no, no. The people who are like, okay with him going to get another job and feel no hard feelings. And honestly would be willing to see the tiger type redemption story for him. Like because not, it, because it seemed like when it all happened, it was probably ninety percent Rick needed to go, and it was about fifty fifty on Jurich, right? I think yeah, and I think the I think a lot of people who myself included, who kind of is, I'm not necessarily a hundred percent okay with how Rick is in relation to Louisville. I'm still frustrated with him and his relationship with Louisville for a variety of reasons that we've talked about before, but. I think for me, the Rick in a new job thing is just strictly comedic, <laughs> to be quite honest <laughs> with you. It's yeah. I want him to be at St. John's because which he's not going to be. We uh, we just found out that Mike Anderson, the former uh, Arkansas coach, is taking over that job, which interesting hire. Not a I mean, basketball wise, I don't think it's like he's he's a. You know, like we talked about before we started the pod, Chris, it's hard to win in Arkansas, probably. Right. Like we can yeah. agree on that. It's uh, par for the course. It's, it's par it, for the course. I don't you know, that's kind of a, you're kind of in a doomed job. But this guy also I don't think necessarily has the New York sports ties that right. I think St. John's was looking for. But nonetheless, I mean, th- they got the St. John's they got curved yeah. by the UMBC coach. So like they were in they were in dire straits. Right. But I think I, like it was really funny for me to think about Rick Pitino patrolling the sidelines at MSG. You know, yeah. like that's hilarious. like we talked about Rick Pitino at UCLA. That would have been hilarious. Rick Pitino at UNLV. That would have been hilarious. I don't want Rick Pitino to get like the Cincinnati job or like the, you know, like I don't even know. Like the, I'm trying to think of like a lame school, like the no, like, UMass job. Like you, you want him at a place where where he can succeed, but it's a whole other thing if he starts beating Louisville. And like the, the, oh, those yeah. teams actually, because like the, like the Cincinnati job, I don't know how much, very much head to head Chris Mack would have with Cincinnati, but it's in the same region. Some of those guys could be guys that both teams are recruiting. Um, so, I mean, you, you look at it from a situation like that, that would directly affect Louisville. I would love Rick to get like a mid-major like New York school. Yeah. Like, I think for me, that's it. But like, I completely understand. And I think I think there are the complete uh, I get the people who are like, I want him to never have a job in America again. Yeah, I get that. No, I completely get that. I'm not I don't I, I don't. For me, it's not about forgiving Rick Pitino. It's just like I just I almost it's like a resignation of like, I know that someone is going to take is going to take a chance. I mean, if Art Bryles can get a look for a football coach like Rick Vitino is going to get one, maybe not this off season, maybe not next, but someone's going to take a, a chance. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost seems like at this point though, last season gave him more opportunities than this season. The Sienna thing came up. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then that was a story. Then it wasn't a story, but I, I thought we would get a little bit traction because we, we had a, I think it was Dan Wetzel who wrote the story about Ray Vitino not getting a job. And it seemed like, some of the national guys were coming around, but I mean, this St. John's thing for him not to even get a sniff 
just seems unreal. But I mean, to, to, to it almost it seemed all, like that was too big a stage, you know, like maybe yeah. Iona, if like the Iona guy had left and he yep. would have gotten a sniff at Iona, like that felt right, you know? I mean, but to, to kind of tie it all back to like the original thing, I, I don't I know where you fall on like the whole like how the NCAA is going to handle like this investigation thing. I, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't know that another postseason ban is coming for Louisville. It seems like it could happen and maybe it couldn't happen. But if we get to that point again, I, I think the Patino angst is going to be back again. Oh, yeah. I, I think I mean, right now, there's a lot of like group of people that are like fine with job and, and it seems like like I said like the the big portion of the fan base is rooting for that but I I, I don't think that's all that that it, it, it's subject to change I guess is what I'm saying no I think that's I fair and time time heals all wounds and it, but if but you're right if 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 the wound gets opened up again the people are going to be like burn Rick Pitino, you know like I I just I think it's I I I miss some parts of Patino. I'll admit it. Oh I, yeah, I mean, I you, miss you the Patino talk. This season because you would have, you would have some type of storyline. Probably at some point over the summer, you would have something that he would say, and it would be a story. And you don't have that with Chris Mack. You just don't. No, you don't. And you get him tweeting pictures of his of his leg, and that, which that's is great. interesting. But like even like. I watched all, you know, we talked about March Madness a little bit, but like, you know, I watch Mar- March Madness and I see that that studio show and I'm just like, I remember that season where Rick Pitino was in the studio show and how freaking awesome that was. Yeah. Like, just how great that was. And I was just like, man, I miss Rick Pitino. Like, yeah. he's the Rick Pitino up in here. Um, I mean, I, I feel I the way, it, I feel I the way about like Rick being gone. Like, I, I think I'll feel that way about like Jim Bayham being gone or someone like that. Like, just guys that you need that conversation. You need those people in the game. But, <laughs> but I just, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I find it pretty interesting from the Louisville, Louisville fan perspective. Cause I, I don't know where I'm at, dude. Like I want, want him to get a job, but I, I can totally some like understand someone coming in from, from 10,000 feet and being like, this guy screwed your program. Why would you yeah. want anything for him? Why would you want any success for him to happen? And I, I don't know. I just kind of got to thinking about it. And I'm like, and hey. I've talked to people. I, I don't, I don't agree. I, I, I agree with you in that, like he screwed the program, but, and, and there's a lot of people out there that they agree that like, he shouldn't be the coach anymore. And they're okay with where we are with Chris Mack. But they're like, you know, we had good times. We had 2013. Yeah. And I, I, Rick didn't, didn't screw the program solely. It was a culture that was created around the athletic department. If you want to be yeah. real, real about it, that that was set up over years and years of, you know, invincibility and everything else. That was, in my mind, the, the true precursor to that. But that, that's, a, that's another discussion for another podcast. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. No, that was a good talk. That was good. That was some good patino talk. As as you said at the beginning, we will we will have plenty of patino talk. We'll have to. We we have jokingly talked about the fact if patino makes the Eurobasket like playoffs, we're hosting. Yeah, we're yeah, hosting a game watch. Yeah, we're they, hosting dude, a game watch. So, <laughs> like this is happening. <laughs> so it, I think it's a. I can't remember if it's a best of seven series or a best of five series. So I, I'm not exactly sure, but they lost game one against Real Madrid in the first round, but they lost by three and the line was, they were a nine point underdog. And I'm just like <laughs> money. 
twenty dollars <laughs> right now on a Greece team that I can't pronounce and I would never try to pronounce. <laughs> but Ribicino's coaching them, and I know it's going to be close. So yeah, I, I go ahead and and knock that bet for me. So you want to talk some governors race? Let's talk some governors race, Chris. You you start us off. No, man, like the, the Adam Eland commercials, the Rocky Acton commercials, the... The leading with Eland. <laughs> yeah, the, the... Oh, God. The the Andy Bashir commercials, they're out. Um, and it's been interesting to me to see how each individual candidate is crafted their messages. Um, I, I think you have Rocky Atkins, who... If I close my eyes, he seems like a Republican, um, to, to be quite <laughs> frank with you. Uh, if you look at some of his quotes, it's I mean, it's the very first sentence of his commercial is a mention of bluegrass music. Um, <laughs> if you the, the Andy Bashir one just to me kind of seems like I don't know, dude, Andy Bashir just seems like he's trying to say everything correctly all the time. He seems like Jed Bush. It's, but like he's also and, like not saying anything, though. Like right. he's he's pretty clearly like waiting out the clock. Like he knows he like he, we we have this on the on our little excuse me, on like our show notes. The the latest poll released by Edelin and like Bashir is still like 43 percent. What does it say? It says yeah, Bashir's at 43%, Edelin has 23%, and Atkins has 22%. This is an internal poll from Edelin's campaign. So, like, right. take that with, you know, and polling in Kentucky is rough. Polling for primaries is rougher. Like, yeah, you just take I've that. Seen, I've seen you have your complaints about the polling. Take that take that with you will like I've 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 read way too much about polling in the last three years for, to, for me to, to tell you to, to take that poll as gospel. But for let's for a minute, take it as sort of gospel. We can assume like the big thing about polling and like these types of races is name recognition. Right. right. So it's pretty simple. It's just simple math. It's the, the Bashir is the most recognizable dude. So the, the his hope, his primary campaign is I'm just going to show up to as little things as possible because he's literally missed. He's missed like all of these preliminary events and then just hope that when everyone shows up to vote, the old people who show up to vote, they don't know anything about Elon or Atkins. Oh, but they know Bashir. They know he's a decent guy. That's all they know. So they're going to vote for him. Are you ready like, for this take? No, go ahead. Andy Bashir is Jeb Bush. No, you're You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're at, he's he's supposed to be a steadying guy. He's very vanilla. He's a vanilla wafer. He's like, all right, just he's just fine, you know. I don't know if you've any, if anyone's ever heard Andy Bashir legit like talk. Like I've heard him like give speeches to like some of the teachers and stuff, uh, just like in some of the coverage of the of the teacher protests. And the dude's not very great at talking in public. Yeah, no, like <laughs> so before before we started, I was watching the YouTube video of his announcement that he was running. So, I mean, this was nine months ago now. Yeah. And it, it was a paragraph about why Matt Bevan was bad for Kentucky. And then it was, I'm going to run for governor. And when it's throwing it to his lieutenant governor, I have yet to hear. And let's, let's back up just a little bit. I think me and Gabe, we're not going to run from the fact that, that both of us are kind of a little bit in the Adam Evelyn camp at this point. I mean, we're going to, we can, we can upgrade. I'll upgrade myself from a little bit yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, to, yeah. just, just well, to be, just to be completely upfront. We're yeah. going to be as critical as possible and we're going to lay out everything as clearly as possible as we can. But just like anyone else, we, we have our beliefs and things that we, we support. And I, I think we'd be doing an injustice to run from that. 
um, especially on this podcast. Yeah, know? but and let's be clear. Let, I think we both kind of not not to speak for you, but we both are pretty clear that Elon's not a perfect guy either. You right. Know? So so it's not it's not necessarily just about this guy is 100 percent 100 percent perfect. But uh, yeah, no, go ahead. And, and to, uh, Bashir. No, I mean, ahead. it's just like uh, this. This I, I don't even know how much we really even need to talk about Rocky Atkins anymore, because I think this is going to turn into a show where it's Adam Edelman versus Andy Bashir. Well, see, I was I was wondering if you're going to say that. And I, I don't necessarily think that's the case because, and I, I don't know if you saw sort of what happened. There was a lot of press that Bevan got right uh, for what happened at Hillbilly days out yep. in, I'm forgetting what County it was, but Martin County, excuse me, uh, Martin County. That's had a ton, a ton of, is that where he was getting booed like crazy? That's where he was getting booed. So there's okay. the, Martin County's having a ton of water issues. They are in sort of the Flint situation. They don't have clean water. Um, they blame, you know, the, the rightfully, they have a lot of qualms with the government for what's, you know, what's happened there. And there's, there, you can read it. I would really actually encourage you to read about Martin County if you haven't. Um, cause, is a lot of terrible stuff happening there um, that that not a lot of people are caring about. And I've, I've had the pleasure of, of talking to a few people who are from that area and care about that area a lot. And, and I've learned a lot. So I'd really recommend anyone. I won't I won't oh, I won't speak about it because I feel like other people are very uh, more uh, prepared to do so. But it, but my point here is, is that Martin County isn't very big fans of Matt Bevan, but they also had like a, a very informal straw poll. So informal that uh, what it was, was they were putting star stickers uh, under names and it was like a hundred percent. I think it was probably like 75% of the stars were under Rocky Atkins, who let's be clear is from the Eastern part. Right. Kentucky. I mean, he, so, he played basketball more at state. So. He, and these are, these are labor places. I think he has like the, he's pretty sure he has the coal miner union, the pipe fitting union um, have, have come out for him in the past week. He's having a lot of success in Eastern Kentucky because that's where he's from. Yeah. And if you watch his ad, he'll, you know, it's definitely. No, it's, I plowed the family farm using a team of mules. I play yeah. a little bluegrass. I earned a sh- scholarship sharing ball. So um, yeah. Yeah, and I survived chemo and cancer, lost health care when I was laid off. By the way, all three of these ads mentioned someone being laid off in them, which I found funny. Yeah. Um, but it, it's – yeah, uh, you can go ahead. I mean he, he's going to kill it in Eastern Kentucky. I, yeah. I think that's that, – that, So, that's and I think – and I think it's pretty clear what Evelyn is doing. And I think why he's kind of speaking to to you and I, Chris, is that he is pretty much counting on creating policies that would be super popular in Lexington and Louisville. Yeah, he is the first person to talk very positively about being a progressive in a statewide race like ever. Right. Like like a legitimate candidate. I mean, there have been guys who have done it, but but he's to me the first one that I've seen really do it on a statewide level, really, really positively talk about progressivism, um, which speaks to me being a millennial. And um, he even just today, he got the the endorsement of the, the Jefferson County Teachers Association, which is it seems like he rag, It seems like he racks up a different endorsement every day. But that's that's also huge, Chris, because. Um, because Bashir's running mate is a teacher, right? His his lieutenant governor, I forget what her name is. I think it's um, 
Uh, yeah, I'm losing her name, but we'll, she, get, she, right we'll at, get it right. She, but she's an educator, and so is and so is uh, Rocky Atkins is running mate is is an educator as well. And so Elon, you know, who doesn't have that 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 direct tie to education, is the one who's getting the endorsement, which is fascinating. And even I've seen some people reply to that tweet who are teachers like, "Whoa, like didn't see this one coming." Yeah, um, yeah. So it, 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 it's Jackson by the way. Yeah, Jacqueline Coleman. Excuse yeah. me. I know Stephanie Horn is the uh, is the running mate for Rocky Atkins, and, yeah. and Jill Holland is the running mate for Adam Edelin. Let's just be clear on that. So, I mean, Chris, we're I think on Monday is a month out from the from the primary. Monday's actually if you haven't changed your Chris, you got to do this. You got to change your registration to your yeah, new I address. I just just had that discussion with. Don't with forget the, with the change your registration on Monday if you uh, if you've moved in the past year so you can vote because uh, Kentucky is one of the worst states in the union about uh, allowing people to change their registration up to election day. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. That's a, that's a whole other podcast. But no, I think it's really fascinating and we have a really interesting race, but yeah, I mean, you were kind of getting to it there. Cause you have, you have Edlin who is, or sorry, Bashir has basically been straight down the middle and trying to run out the clock. Right. And you have Adam Edlin that's speaking so crazy progressive for the state of Kentucky. It blows my mind. And it's, you have, it's insanity. I really yeah. can't fathom it. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. I mean, he's talking about renewable energy. He's talking about, just just things that blow my mind. It's crazy because, you know, if we lived somewhere like, you know, a lot more progressive like Colorado or, or California, these would be typical things that we would see. But it's it's not been the case. Um, and then you have Rocky Atkins, who is speaking to very moderate Democrats. My question is for you. And I think the crooks of this kind of this entire conversation is. Can Adam Edlin win a race like that in the state of Kentucky talking that way? And can he do it banking on winning an election and winning in Louisville that big way? And that's that's my biggest question. And as someone that's supporting Adam Edlin, that's that's kind of the, the biggest question I have. Is, is that enough? We'll find out in a month. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's fascinating, though, isn't it? Because it, it, you have a lot of case studies for for what's happened in Kentucky in the past, but you don't really have this one. No, I think I complete. I'm completely with you, and I have long thought that someone should kind of take this position that Elon is, and I was. I'm a little surprised it's him, just given you know, like the fact that he is kind of still tethered to the Democratic Party. Like I don't. He's not completely innocent of of being a person who you know is an outsider. You know, he's he's not an outsider. Is right, what I'm trying right. to say. I, I, like, let's, neither is Gil Hollow. But let's, neither is Gil. Hollow. So like they're not outsiders. They're not, and they're. Playing them not not hugely, but that's kind of one of the undercard for Edelin, especially given the fact that Bashir is running. I think it's more his shot at Bashir. It's like Bashir is a, a Kentucky family, a political family, which I get. And I've been a type of person who is really not wanted. You know, anyone who's kind of related to Frankfurt to to be involved. With, you know, I, I think we have needed someone who has an outside perspective. I'm really interested in seeing how some of these debates will go, Chris. Like, yeah. not not to talk about our old pal Matt Jones, but he's hosting a live state, you know, a governor's debate on mm-hmm. Wednesday. And I'm really interested in seeing how that goes because everybody going to show up this time. Every, all three guys are showing up okay. and let's be, let's be honest, Chris, it's going to be the most watched debate of the whole, the whole, you know, yeah, the whole I mean, primary we, season. That's a, you led right into what I want to say is we really haven't had 
many scenes where any of these guys took shots at each other. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing has been about Matt Bevan and it's been about, I mean, for, for Elon, it's been about extending Medicare and, you know, um, the, the no pack money message and everything like, but there's no been like direct confrontations. Yeah. I, I think it's going to turn into, I would imagine it's going to turn into, you know, uh, a go after Bashir. Um, thing, oh yeah. But and, and it's really funny because Bashir, like, I think, it was like January. He was kind of, or February. He was kind of saying like, "Hey, let's all sign this agreement that we won't all attack each other." <laughs> and Elon sure Atkins were like, that. "Elon Atkins was like, no dog. You want nobody to attack you because you know you're the front runner because everyone knows who you are." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like that's just politics. But I'm really, yeah, man. It's gonna be really fascinating because. I think Elon Elon has really pushed at younger people. He has really pushed at the uh, the the Kentucky young Democrats. Uh, have he's visited them a bunch. He's gone to every school in Kentucky. I think already, like every yeah. university. Um, I, I mean, he's, he's the vibe awesome. I get from his campaign is it's very staffed by young people. Um, he's also the type of guy that you could see. You know, if it's a close loss or even if it's a win that his political career could just be getting started. I mean, he's, he showed and that was the hope for him when he ran for, for auditor, right. When he ran for reelection as auditor and lost to, I think Ryan Corliss is the guy who's auditor now. Yep. You're correct. But, um, yeah. And, and, and I mean, you know, he had he that whole thing with Matt Jones. Though. He had that whole thing with Matt Jones for a while, that new Kentucky project that I tweeted a little bit about. That's, that that's a fascinating thing. I think you, if you, if you can just give like one or two, the two I mean, the three thing. sentence thing is that he started a quote unquote new Kentucky project with Matt Jones, kind of their thing saying that they wanted to kind of remake the democratic party. And I think they had two conferences and they didn't really do anything. I think they like had a few people. They're like, oh, here are people we really like. And that's about it. And they closed it up. They kind of modeled their the 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 real thing that I think that they messed up on is they they came up with this name based on the quote the new Georgia project, which is what um, Stacey Abrams out of Georgia founded. And that was like strictly like a let's register young people and, and minorities and people who don't normally vote to vote. And I don't understand why that wasn't like a, a foundational thing of this group. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. I think they they kind of figured out that they weren't going in the right direction. And they closed it up. So yeah, anyway, I just I, I yeah. remember when it happened, there was a lot of like. Oh, I had friends who I, went and said that the, the first original conference was it sold out. It was really there was a lot of ideas, but the ideas just kind of went nowhere. And no, but I mean, to, to, to bring it back to Elon, I mean, I think, you know, it sounds like maybe for him, it, it kind of worked out that he was able to kind of develop this, you know, progressive background or, or, or kind of this underlying progressive foundation for a platform that, like we said, just is, it literally blows my mind to hear someone. I send it to, I've got a friend who's, who's uh, pretty, you know, he, he no longer lives here, but is still pretty connected to, to Kentucky politics. And I send him just the tweet like every day. I'm like, dude, I just <laughs> crazy to hear someone yeah i mean say these things the, the the challenge for us going forward on the podcast is making sure that we you know speak an adequate time about each candidate yeah um because i, I think that that's important but uh, you're you're completely right um 
the the platform that Adam Elon is running on is not something that wins you races. Histor- I mean, it, there's I would say historically, but there's not a historical precedent for it. So, I mean, it, it's fascinating. It, even if you just put all your political views aside, it's, it's yeah, fascinating. Sheer, yeah, Go it's ahead. fascinating to see how it kind of plays out. And yeah. like I said, I think I, I mean, if you want to look at it from just a very large scheme, I think some of the things that Adam Elam is saying is some of the things that you want to hear from Democrats in the future at a federal level and, and you know, everything else going forward and kind of where the Democratic Party is going to be shifting. If they don't, they, they're, they're probably going to be in trouble. Um, yeah. So that 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 part for me is really interesting because it would be very exciting to have a high level government official not named Mitch McConnell involved in the federal government. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's fascinating. And uh, we will have plenty more to talk about it. Like I said, I'm, I, I don't even think that, Hey, Kentucky shows up on Louisville um, in, in Louisville stations, but I will be watching or trying to watch however I can that, uh, that event on Wednesday, I believe it is. Surely we'll get some type of online stream on that. Surely, surely. Yeah, it's in like an hour long debate. Uh, but keep an eye out for that. So, yeah. Fun. Governor's race. The warrior. The Warriors just scored 42 points in the first quarter. <laughs> what's the what's the score? What's it? It, it's 42-23 then the first quarter. <laughs> so everyone was scared that the Warriors were in trouble. DeMarcus Cousins was good. I, I would love to see Montrez Harrell, you know, I, at this Quick point. Quick shout like, to Montrez. Quick shout, man. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like if the Warriors are going to get up three one and they're they're going to like, you know, they're in the, the the elimination game or whatever, and they're blowing out the Clippers. Can we at least get Montrez Harrow and Draymond Green just to square up once? Because I, I think like everybody just wants that to happen. I need <laughs> I need one altercation between them two so bad. Every you know, Louisville fan wants that, man. Every single. <laughs> Where do you want to go to next? Let's talk about this overtime story. Not to, you know, keep, keep, we're keep, you're going to keep talking about government. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's is, favorite topic. This is some wild stuff, man. No, this, this story came out, Chris. I think you, you mentioned it. You're really interested in this story. So, so go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how much of a like lead that I have in to really talk about it, but you have a, a guy. Um, so he's a correction officer. Um, right. That right. Uh, this, this is a yeah yeah. A this, story is a Joe, this is a story in Insider Global. Um, Joe Sanka on the report, and there was a correction officer that made one hundred and eighty-seven thousand um, dollars this year, the two thousand eighteen calendar year, and I think was it eighty-seven thousand dollars of that was overtime pay. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah that's what so, so this guy made just a few, I think, forty five thousand um, dollars three years ago. And, and now this happens in this. It, it just kind of blows my mind. There's a lot of very interesting budget issues going on in the city of Louisville that we're not really going to get into right now in this podcast. <laughs> we have a summer long to talk about it and we will talk about it. We will discuss it um, because yeah, more to come on that for sure. <laughs> it, it's something that we need to discuss with that'll probably be some of the interviews that we have um with more qualified people that that can really talk about it because it's it's uh it's very interesting but this story comes out today and man it's just it's wild like yeah to to kind of give the statistics so the metro government paid 35 million dollars in overtime costs in 2018 
which is, uh, that's a lot of money. $35 million is a lot of money. That's like half of what they're looking to cut out of the government. Just, just a heads up, you know? Um, so this gentleman, George Manley, he, his annual salary is $55,000, but he made 187,000 because he took an astounding $129,000 in overtime pay just to give you the figures, like the pure math of it. So the reason why, and we were talking before we started the pod, there was a um, uh, Pat Smith. I don't know, Pat followed him, but maybe Pat listens to the pod. Probably not, but he retweeted. He should. Like, he should. He should listen to the pod, but we'll, we'll, we'll get out. We'll get it to him. We'll say we mentioned it. Uh, he replied to Sanka and pointed out that like all these issues and Sanka even mentioned, does mention in the piece that they have like, like, Dozens of vacant positions in the corrections, LMPD, the fire department, the EMS services. They just they have all these overworked employees and they have all of these vacant positions. So that means that people I mean, if you're working 40 hours a week and like, hey, you're going to get one and a half, two times pay and you're going to work another you know, 20 hours. Dude, you take that. I mean, come right. on. Right. So th- this article, which. I'll put it. I'll put the link in the show notes shows how it shows like the total overtime payments. It looks like 2018, the fire department received the most. Not to, I mean, listen, like these are services that people need, but it's just interesting. This, this, this guy was the second highest paid in city employee. Yeah. In 2018. So, I mean, that that just puts it really in perspective for me, I guess. And this is one of those things that's like, you don't know, like, I don't necessarily think this is all the city's fault. I don't necessarily think it's this dude's fault, but it's just one, like, there's all these you're jobs. Just adding, it's really you're just hard. adding up everything. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's another problem. It's, it's, nobody wants to take these jobs for one reason or another. I mean, you, we, there's a whole other podcast on that, but it's just interesting to, to see these issues because like that's bananas man i mean this guy is just like (laughs) some corrections officer who's making two hundred thousand dollars a year (laughs) like that's ridiculous (laughs) yeah man like i mean we we have the the budget situation obviously like like going on and i'm just i'm kind of curious like this is obviously Greg Fisher's last last term. Yes. Um, and I'm just kind of curious what what determines like his lasting legacy. Or I knew you were going to say legacy. Yeah, yeah. Please no, say just, just like say because like <laughs> you, you have it with Aberson and I think his is kind of tainted as well. And I'm just wondering like if all this going on at the end, because there's been a lot of like strides mobile has made over the last, you know, 10 years. I think the last two to three years has been kind of stagnant, but that shouldn't take away from, you know, everything else that's happened. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious where, where we're going to go down this path and where things are kind of end up in the, the taste that is left in our mouth by Greg Fisher, I guess is what I'm kind of saying. No, man, it makes, it, it makes sense. I, I don't, you know, I don't disagree. Um, and it's, it's going to be interesting because there's just so many, there's, there's problems, man. There's, there's problems. And, and this, I think that for a lot of different reasons, we've kind of been painted this picture of how things are going in Louisville. And, uh, it's, it's been successful in a lot of ways. Listen, I think, I think Louisville's a great place. You know, we've had this conversation. Louisville's a great place to raise a family. Um, (laughs) It's it's a minor league city with major league ambitions, and right. every time they've wanted to take the major league leap, 
there's been a variety of issues that aren't necessarily all Louisville's fault. I mean, I think I think a lot of problems come from uh, cultural issues and 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 Louisville versus the rest of the state. We that again another podcast, but this is one of those other things. It's like, how do you solve this problem? How do you solve this problem of <laughs> you have all these open positions, but you're also paying all these people? So it's like it's kind of a jerk move if you're like, hey, everyone, now you're working 60 hours instead of 40 hours and you're getting paid regular for it. I mean, you can't do that. But you also literally corrections has uh, 73 vacancies, double the amount of vacancies from two years ago. I don't I mean, I I, I don't know what you really do about it. I think this is. Yeah, man. I think some of these problems like you can trace back to the state of Kentucky. I, I think the pension, the pension plays a fairly big part on a lot of these things. I think that stuff trickles down. I think there's taxes that pay a part. I, I think there's a lot of different things. And I, I think that's a dynamic that's going to continue happening. Yeah. Um, and, and we're kind of just like dancing around it, but there's, there, there's a lot of like moving, moving parts. Um, and, and, and I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, uh, we'll we'll definitely have to 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 kind of get to the the whole budget thing at yeah, some point on the pod um, because I mean that's really what we're just kind of like dancing around with this yeah. conversation. And I'm definitely well, excited we, to talk to people who who uh, you know we're just two dudes in a podcast, but we're interested in these things, yeah. and we think you know we think the, we, I mean, the, the the fact of the matter is the the new budget is seventy million dollars in cuts. So, I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's a story. Um, yeah. It's $70 million in cuts and here's $35 million we paid in overtime last year. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's worth mentioning. And I think that's, that's good enough. We don't really have to have yeah. some in-depth conversation about it, but yeah, I, the math it, isn't that simple, but it's just, it's one of those things. It's just like, man, like you can just tell that there's, there's definitely places to trim fat. Um, but I do think like there are, uh, there, there is, there is some overall problems that, that, that Mary Fisher brings that I think are legitimate. And we'll, we'll talk about that in another time for sure. Cause he's going to present a new budget, I think here in like two weeks or so. So it's it's something to look for. Other speaking of leaders in the city, Chris, something happened today. I was really interested in, um, there was a story, not a, not necessarily a story, but Chris Otts from, uh, WDRB. He tweeted this out. He said, I'm not sure if this is new news, but Vince Tyra Tyre is hiring Joshua and it's it's aired, I think, like H-E-I-R-D. I'm going to butcher that. So I had to spell it out. Aired from Villanova's athletic department to become the deputy athletic director at UofL. Which I found really fascinating because I've got a theory, Chris. Yeah, and Gabe just came out with flaming take. And flaming he, take. He kind of threw it on me on this. Here's point. my flaming take, Chris. In five years, Joshua Aird will be the athletic director at the University of Louisville. <laughs> I love and I, I and listen, I, that's not for me to say that I'm not saying that Tyra is doing a bad job. I think he's doing a great job. But I think, like, let's be conservative about this. Tyra isn't a young person. You know, he's I think what he's a similar age, maybe a little younger than Tom. His kids, I think, are still like see like seniors and juniors in high school, I think, this year. Right. Um, I don't think he planned on, by the way, 
He's 52. Okay. So, so like, yeah, much younger than, than Tom. That was a mistake by me, but I don't think he came into this job expecting to do it for 50. No, I, I, I'm totally with you. I've never got the vibe that, that Vince Tyra was going to be at the university of Louisville for an extended period of time. I've never felt like he wanted, like, I, I think he kind of got into this position because he loved the university and he wanted to help the yeah. university. But I've, I've never really got the vibe that he saw himself being here. And I, I think it's a great take by you because it's it's not, you know, I, I think when he. No, I just I have this kind of like running theory in my head that when he kind of got thrust into this position that him, uh, he was kind of in the mindset of, you know, possibly retiring in the next 10 years. Right. So I, I think that that timeline that you presented totally matches up. I think he took this job. And thank God he did. Thinking yeah. that it was a service for the university, that he was a, he was going to be able to serve the university in a unique way that, um, you know, and use some of his skills that, you know, not very many people have skills of being a CEO of a very profitable company. Not many people have that. And he's and I'm sure given his position in the business community, he was able to see some of the largesse. Some, you know, we were just talking about budget and, and waste. And I think he was able to see that. And we've seen him do that once he was in the job. Cut, cut, you know, cut where there needed to be cut and and refocus some of the focus of the athletic department uh, to kind of keep it in line with a more traditional athletic department. Um, you know, some stuff that I think Louisville fans, myself included, couldn't really see with the Rose cover color glasses that we had and he did it he did it it in a way that i think has been incredible been incredibly commendable but i think at the end of the day he's a businessman and while he's made two i mean one hire that i you know one hire that i feel you know incredible about one hire that i feel very good about yeah, I mean the Chris Mack one was pretty easy to make. Let's yeah, the Chris Mack one was easy to make. I think the Satterfield hire, you know, I I feel like eighty percent, ninety percent good about that. Yeah, you know, and that's it's. I don't know if that's like a grand slam home run, um, but I think he's going to do what needs to be done for for Louisville football and and, and move things up, um, in in a, in a above average way, above above average compared to other coaches. But I don't think that this was is his intention was to be sort of a stopgap for, you know, three to five, maybe seven years and then move forward. Yeah, I don't even know if the timeline. I mean, you look at this guy that they're bringing in his accomplishments. He was the director of championships at UofL for three years. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he was assistant athletic director at UofL. He went to Villanova to be the associate athletic director. And now he's the senior associate Villanova athletic director. And now he's come to Louisville. And I, I think you made the great point. This isn't a guy that, that comes to, to Louisville to be kind of an assistant again, he could have easily gone and been an athletic director somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. Um, so and he's got at, that Louisville background, you yeah. know, he's, he's got know, an MBA from Louisville. He's got an MBA from Louisville. He, he was in Louisville for, for just doing quick math, like eight years. And then he went, he worked for Villanova and apparently the several people, I mean, we had several people from outside the area basically say this dude's like a rising star right. in, in, in high school, in, in college athletics, you yeah. know, management. And 
that doesn't sound to me like the type of person who comes just to be a second in command somewhere else, even though I think, I mean, Villanova is not a huge athletic department, but they're successful. You know, they have, you know, uh, their basketball program is really successful. He's managing that. That's, they have a football program uh, that, you know, they're in the big East. It's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like an Alabama budget. No, it's not a Louisville budget. But no, it's, I mean, it's an acceptable it's, budget. So it's, a, I, it's a successful school and it's a prestigious university. So I, I think it's it, it's a good it's a, it's a really good take by you. I I, I like it. Um, yeah. So that's you know, I I don't have much else besides that. I mean, I no, think we wanted to talk a little bit sort of I, in relation to Tyree about uh, about Brom. Just Brom, he, he signed the signed the five million dollar contract yeah. with with Purdue, and I do with, think let's that, like like let's go over how ridiculously guaranteed this is because he's getting guaranteed five point three five in his first ridiculous. year. I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware of the guaranteed money there. And then he's uh, he's scheduled to earn three point six in retention bonuses yeah. through the life of the contract. It's just a lot of money to get up front. Yeah. It's uh, so, and, I mean, and it's 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 I mean, that's like that's like a I mean, that's like savings contract five years ago. Like, it's yeah. not like let's be clear. It's not like it's it a pretty a little, contract. A little excessive for me. Um, I, I do think it was significant because Satterfield signed for the the three point two a year. Right. Um, so you're looking at about a mil and a half difference there. Um, and, you know, you can you can have a discussion whether money was a thing with with Brahm and Tyra. But I I don't know that it was, but I'm, I'm really curious now that we've we've had some time away and we kind of mentioned it before the pod is I, I really just wonder about Brahm's apprehension uh, of being at Louisville. And if it was based upon the fact of Vince Tyra was selling him this stuff about, you know, Louisville being better than he thought they were, um, yeah. because if you remember Scott Satterfield, when the day he got hired, Vince Tyra kind of came out and said, Hey, we're going to make a bowl game this season. And then, you know, uh, a few months later, <laughs> uh, Satterfield's like, no, bro, you better, you better back that up a little bit. He's that up. So, and, and I'm wondering just, you know, the relationship that Brom had with, with Petrino and kind of that family and, and knowing of it, it and how much, how bad things really were. Uh, the, the story came out that there was only one guy in the, in the, the football program that had Bobby Petrino's phone number, like <laughs> half the program, the team didn't know where his office was. There was Andy Wagner who only had the phone number who uh, don't even get me started on that guy. Cause I have <laughs> had my interactions with him, but it, I, I wonder if if Brom kind of knew that and that scared him away or if it was Vince Tyra kind of selling him on something he knew wasn't true or Vince Tyra just didn't know how bad it was. It, 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 it kind of piqued my interest, I guess, with the no, I, 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 contract. It, it, it kind of rehashed some of those thoughts. No, it's all of the above, I think. I, I, th- I think it's all of the above. I think it's a little bit of everything. And, dude, I mean, just, man, I, I don't want to, you mean, the story's almost three weeks old, but that Andy no, Stable story and in, 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 in SI was ridiculous. Just, yeah. and, and it just, 
But it, was a, it was another it was another guy. I mean, the, there were stories that came out about the, the whole office thing that it was just another story that happened. And I'm all for some of the, the movement by the fans um, that have wanted, you know, to try to avoid Bob Petrino's buyout um, <laughs> just for, for negligence. I, I think Louisville's got enough going on um, where they don't really even need to fight over that. But that that's a hell of an argument to, to I get to it. Yeah. For. Um, the, the whole conspiracy that, you know, Petrino was just trying to mail it in is, a, is another thing that that's fun. Um, well, I don't know if fun's the right word, um, but it, but it's an interesting story to look at. But yeah, man, it, the the level of incompetence that was happening for a guy that has been so successful and has been in the NFL, and you know, took the program he was back at to unheralded levels. Um, it's just remarkable, and I, I don't care how old the story is; it'll never, it'll always bear repeating. Because it's going to be a significant story. When I, when I look at Scott Satterfield, everything this year means nothing to me. It, it doesn't. My, <laughs> my, my takes about him are going to be completely neutered. And, I mean, I, I think the, the bringing in the Doomerville kid, Elvis Doomerville's nephew, I, I think there's a little bit of pressure on Scott Satterfield to land that guy. Yeah. I think that's, that's an interesting story that I'm going to be watching. But you just kind of feel for the guy. To, to walk into a situation that has been this bad and this corrupt and, and this just broken. Like uh, we, we started talking about Vince Tower and we've kind of jumped into a whole different discussion. But, man, it, it bears speaking about it. It is remarkable no, absolutely. How, how bad things were. It's it's yeah, it's almost unfathomable. And it's it, it I the first time I read that article and I read about the players not like being able to contact Petrina, I was just speechless. How, how do you speechless. how do you go from being in the fourth co- quarter at Clemson, Lamar Jackson, at quarterback, you win this game and you are squarely in the playoff discussion. Even when you <laughs> lose it, you're still in the playoff discussion. And then by the season's end, this is the type of shit that's happening. Yeah. Like, there's just got to be some type of instance or something that happening that we're never going to get and uh, man, it, it, I wish we would because something we're we're missing something here. I'm I'm pretty convinced of it at this point, and no, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think that. I mean, and that that Houston game happened that season. Oh yeah, but I mean, same. I could give nothing you, I, was the same the rest of the year. But yeah, you can. No, you could. It's I I completely with you. I, I it's I mean I do think I do think we learned in Lamar Jackson just how much one person can affect a team. Um, you know I I think that defense had you know it's I don't know I I I joke a lot about about Grantham and uh, emotional blitzing and um, <laughs> just it's funny to me you know that that thing that sort of got figured out. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, that's a completely yeah. But in terms of Petrino, I just and we just talked about we just talked about how Vince Tyree took over and and was sort of a steadying force. And I think not to not not to you know point fingers at Tom, but that's one of those things. Like Tom's got to know that man. Yeah, like like Tom's got to know that, and 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 a good boss should know that this types of thing is these types of things are happening, and he didn't really know. That that's a whole other storyline that I'd be interested to see in an alternate universe. If you know, if if George was still here, how much he he'd be taking for that? And you know, looking back, I don't I don't 
just even I'm just thinking about this kind of out loud from here. It was like I, I feel like Tyree was like sort of positive about football, but like wasn't heavily involved in the promotion of it. Yeah, I, I, see, I, I don't know, man, like because when you when you come out on the day that uh, you're, you're speaking before the coach speaks, the day he's getting hired, everyone's watching mm-hmm. and, and you're going to say, you know, what were they, a two or three win team, a three win team? They were a three win team. Yeah. And, and you're going to say that team's going to make a bowl game the, the season with I just think that's a pretty strong statement. I thought that was a misstep by Tara when he said it. And I still think it to this day that it was. And I don't know, man. I, I thought he I just was, think he just it, didn't realize how bad it was, Chris. I, I think I think that's just that's what it was. That that That's an interesting story for me, because I, I don't think that you blame Tyra that much for not being aware. But at the same time, it's like, hey, like uh, you've been here for a, at that point, you know, six, seven months. Maybe you should be aware. But <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Um, it, it was interesting to me um, with with the Brom getting that contract and kind of how those discussions went down, because I remember it was he's here. He's not here. Oh, wait, he's here. OK, never mind. He's not here. <laughs> so, you know. We'll see. Uh, the, the, this football season for me, once again, is literally it's beat Eastern Kentucky, beat Western Kentucky <laughs> and do everything in your power to look good against Kentucky. Everything else is is gravy. That that that's the. I mean, I you can't it. you can't get much. You can't go go much worse than from where we came from, Chris. Yeah. So it's uh, there's nowhere else to go but up. But yeah. no, nah, I think we've I think we've covered this one. It's 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 interesting and it's fascinating and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see sort of what happens with this uh, haired guy. I, I don't know. I like I like my take. I feel good about this this no, stock I, I purchased. I, I, I think it's a great thing. <laughs> we, we need to circle back around that. We'll I, circle back there. Uh, one more sports thing we wanted to talk about before we, we get into the what time of year it is. Cause it's a fun time of year. But anyway, uh, another interesting story came out. Uh, Aaron Crawford, uh, quote, making a move. Is Bellerman heading to Division One? Internal discussions are progressing. And basically just outlined all this information. Bellerman is, is talking. In January 2018, Bellerman began developing a new strategic plan, blah, blah, blah. Sounds like it's a part of it. Mentions that men's lacrosse has been Division One since uh, since 20, 2005. Mentions NKU moving up. Mentions Fort, uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne moving up. All this stuff coming out, all this interesting information. And then the Courier Journal follows up and the Bellman guy basically says, we can't deny anything that was mentioned in this story. So without saying it was all true, he said it was all true. And Chris, I'm just interested in your take. I think this is a good move for Bellman moving this to Division is- One. It sounds fun. It sounds fun to me. It's great. I hope Bellman moves to D1. But this story, these stories always just kind of annoy me because <laughs> <laughs> I just got to be real with you because there's, there's not going to be anybody like in the city of Louisville that's going to be like, you know, Bellman, you shouldn't go to Division One. <laughs> no, like everyone's going to be like, yeah, this is great. We should have another D1 school. It's going to be awesome. We, we we want that team. And and that kind of annoys me. And then there's the whole thing about 
I will find it fascinating if Bellerman becomes, you know, like Western Kentucky or just decent at basketball. If the whole mobile basketball fans cheering for Bellerman, oh, they're cute. They, you know, they, they do really well. I love Scotty Davenport. If that kind of sours a little bit, <laughs> if that that's not necessarily the case anymore. <laughs> like, because there's a, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of mobile fans who are also Bellerman fans. Yeah, right? no, I think, I think definitely. And I don't know, know. I think I, I've always I've always like enjoyed that first week, like that there's the two weeks of championship, the conference championships in the first week, and all like the games are in the gyms of the teams, like their home games, they're com- on campus. Yeah. And like Bellerman being a part of that, I mean, that's not gonna happen right away. Yeah. But that would be really fun. That would be dope. But that would be super dope. And I would do go you, to a few of those. You remember the last game of the Louisville Western Kentucky basketball series, right? And how oh, the, yeah. the, the, there was the Montrez Harrell thing and there was there was <laughs> there was stuff happening. Yes. And that that kind of soured the whole Louisville fans view of Western Kentucky. I really do think it did because the, there for a little it's while, a lot of Louisville fans would cheer for Western Kentucky. And I don't know that that's the case anymore. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's fun to me because I, I think you could see similar things happening and putting Scotty Davenport in the mix. There is great. I would love to see Louisville, Kentucky, go grab a, a, a graduate transfer from Bellarmine. That would just be <laughs> chef's kiss. Um, that, that would be beautiful, but you know, overall it, it, it would be awesome. I, I think the fascinating part of it would be to see how much the local media entities put like concentration on Bellarmine. Do, do they spend more time, you know, doing coverage for Bellarmine than they would maybe Indiana basketball? Do they kind of take a back seat? That that's something that, that is a little bit more, that was immediately, honestly, what I thought about. You know, is is there a Bellerman beat writer for the career journey? <laughs> no, I mean, that's like, a good question. That's a good question. I I think they've been so successful at the level. I, I know they didn't have the they bowed out kind of early this year, I believe. Um, I'm pretty sure they lost relatively early this year, but I know previously they had won. You know, they had always been in the mix, so there, there's no reason why you wouldn't think that they would be, you know, moderately successful at the next level. No, I, I'm 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 with you, and I think, man, I actually think that's really fascinating. I didn't even like think about sort of the implications of Louisville scheduling wise because they've always tried to schedule Bellarmine for exhibitions. Yeah, like I wonder if Bellarmine, like, hey, give us a give us like the second game of the season, you know, yeah, like man, the real man. like a regular season game, and give like, us a check. I wouldn't take that game. No, <laughs> I no. I mean, it's a bunch of guys that have generally historically been together for four or five years and can all shoot really well. I said four or five years, but three or four years, my, my <laughs> mistake. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm all for it. Um, more basketball in a basketball star city is always a good thing for me. That um, year, that year that, that they, it was 2013, right? They won the title in 2013. Bellman. It feels like they've, they've won it every year, but <laughs> it, it was, it was 2013. You're right. I remember I actually like went, I, I was working, doing a little bit of side uh, writing work for a local website and I went to like the celebration and I, w- I went to like the last game they held there and I went to the celebration afterward. They won the title. And it was just it was you're right. It was like an interesting vibe. But there is like sort of like a. 
like a 500 person Bellerman like fan base. That's like, they go to every game. No, no, I mean this. Like they go to every game. They're Catholic. They went to Bellerman and they went to one, you know, uh, one of the smaller schools. Um, but I think that, that I'm really interested. Where do you, in where, do you where do you pull the rest of the fan base from? I guess is what I'm people saying. People who They're go there. Sense. I think people who go there show up. You know, kids who go there. Yeah. Because um, there is. I mean, I I knew you know several people who went to Bellman afterwards, and they're really trying to kind of position themselves as. I mean, their nursing programs decent. I think they have they have some business degrees, but that's like graduate programs, you know, people yeah. who, who are working and things like that. And same with some of their education degrees. No, a lot of teachers go there. Um, but I think like, like sort of what Eric mentions that a lot of, they're trying to figure out sort of a new identity for them. And, and a part of that is, is division one basketball sounds like. So it sounds like they would be sort of in, uh, I, 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 with I, the, mean, I, I, not the Ohio Valley league. I'm trying to think what league that, what, what league it said. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, there was a lot of stories. I'm not sure that I actually read Eric's was maybe the Sun Belt. I'm not sure. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it's the Great Lake. No, that's that's the that's the division that the Summit. Yeah, the Summit League. Summit. Okay, cool. Uh, I was like, I'm, it's on the tip of my tongue. So I mean, yeah, the Summit League is, is where that's that's where Purdue is or Purdue uh, Fort Wayne. So yeah. I assume you'd be there. Be I, I find a lot of, uh, of quirky things about it, but overall, it's great. I mean, yeah. you're, ne- you're, n- you're never going to have uh, have problems, you know, generating interest in a basketball team in the, in the city of Louisville, in the state of Kentucky. You're just. Yeah, it, it, it'll happen eventually. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, the development to do one thing would be great. But uh, there are some fun stuff that I, that I find pretty interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Chris, from basketball, Kentucky tradition to the Kentucky Derby, Louisville tradition, it's derby season. Uh, the best time of year where this year it's a three, a three week party for a two minute race. Uh, thank you, Easter. Uh, Chris, you said you went to you went to Thunder last weekend. Well, let's get this Thunder take out of the way. What, what was Dude, your Thunder like? Your Thunder. So, I have a Thunder take. You had you had a, an experience. I just want to hear a little bit. What was it like going to Thunder? It sounds like you hadn't been in a few years. I haven't been in like six years, dude. It was ridiculous. Um, my I have a, a family friend that that lives above the trope Pub. Um, okay. So how we are those? There, con- dude, I've heard great things about those. Dude, those, con- those condos are phenomenal. Let me tell you, they're they're, they're, they're <laughs> the pretty, whiskey row lofts, correct? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 they're, <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty freaking great. Um, I had no idea that they were as nice as they were inside, but yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. Um, so we just kind of like hung out there, um, and then went down when the fireworks went off, and I the, the fireworks this year were absolutely trash. Let me let me let me just say that right off the bat just come out and i know you have a take on thunder and i don't want to steal any of your thunder no i i Um, it's 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 tangential to this but i'm glad you're mentioning the fireworks this year were trash let's be clear but the the finale didn't even feel like a finale. I I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it was. It, it, they it, did, they it, didn't do the rainbow, right? They didn't. The, the, that's what it was. You spend your whole life as a kid growing up in Kentucky, and you know a few things. You know bourbon. You know the Derby. You know global basketball. You know basketball in general, and you know that there's going to be a damn rainbow at Thunder over Louisville, and it didn't happen this year. And maybe that's what it was. That I, I think that's what it was. It was a disappointment. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. That was, uh, 
It was a weird. It was a weird thunder. The theme was like Disney songs. Yeah. Are, were you in a situation where you could hear the 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 songs? No, I was I was right by the the Second Street Bridge. So yeah, I was in a great place. I someone had told me that night that it's under new management. Um, okay, that it, makes decent sense. Okay. If they're, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but this is this is what I was told. And that would certainly, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. No, yeah, they didn't do the waterfall thing. But which we, <laughs> like that was that's just you, so I'm just just imagining someone coming in and being like from just someone from like Indianapolis just hearing this podcast and being like they didn't do the waterfall thing. They'd be like, what the fuck is that guy? Talking? <laughs> but that's, every that's, person that's so from Louisville knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the here's the take. And I got to you know, my wife is going to listen to this like a week later. So, uh, yeah, she's going to hear this. And this is her takes. But for the past, like two or three years they here's what they do with the theme so they take the theme and they they play music from the theme for the first section right the first section of thunder you right. got that first 20 minutes where it's you know a typical firework display and then they have a fake finale right everyone knows what we're talking about yeah the fake finale of thunder everyone's like oh it's over jk it's not there's more and usually there's more music in that second part the past few years, I don't know if you noticed this, Chris, but I mean, at least this year, last year, I recall it being the same. I think the year before that, it was that the second portion that normally has the waterfall and the, the real finale, the second portion has been techno songs like deep. Techno, yeah, it was Skrillex this year. It I, was, I there was it some out. Skrillex. I'm like, yo, this is a banger, but <laughs> this doesn't fit with the Disney theme. And I just didn't get it, and I, I think that's trash. My wife I mean, went. We, to, we got she went Adam on to Elon, Facebook. We got Adam Elon trying to reach out to millennials, and we got Thunder Over Lobo trying to reach out to millennials. We got, so we got Thunder. I told her it's like they're trying to reach out to millennials. My wife put it like she, you know, she's not like a, a huge user of the Facebook Instagram story feature, but she happens to be, you know, uh, her her father, her, her my my father in law, her dad is is decently connected with some people who. Help work the 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 show the air show, right? So she posted on her Facebook story, hoping that someone would see that was related. I was like, <laughs> she was like, the music, the techno music's got to go, <laughs> and she was very out on it. And I'm 100 with her. So this the, is her take. I, I am I am bringing her take to the pod. That, but it's true, beautiful. we don't need this techno the, music. It's the terrible. official the official theme was titled "The Wonderful World of Thunder." So, I mean, that's obviously like a Disney play on words. It was the 30th. Oh, my God. That was the, was 30th, the 30th anniversary. This is embarrassing. Dude. And, the, and I just want to say, I mean, you can't you, your theme about the 30th anniversary is about Thunder. It's not about Disney. You got to make it about Thunder. You got to make it like Thunder of the, of the past. Well, the, the, the best theme would, they've had was your, like. What would be your Thunder of a level theme? I don't know. I knew you were going to ask me that, but I think the best one I've heard recently was when they had the, they did like classical music, but it was like a recording of the Louisville orchestra, which was great. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. I was a fan of that one. Uh, I remember one year it was like TV theme songs. Like, okay. Some of them I didn't know, but I was like, this is decent. Star Wars. You can't go wrong with Star Wars. I think I'd go Star Wars. Star Wars is good. I think one titled one big holiday, which is also a Mount <laughs> yes. Morning Jacket song would be great and you could do whatever you wanted to with that. You could do whatever you wanted. And you would have kind of like the Louisville play in there. Um, 
Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That would be good. That would be good. But uh, yeah, so we had to talk about Thunder before we talked about Derby. But we're uh, what uh, two weeks and two days out from Derby, Chris. Do you have you put I've into? I've absolutely murdered the, the, pa- the past two derbies. So I have zero confidence that I'm going to do anything. You have. You yeah. have murdered. Uh, yeah, I took you up on last year and it didn't help. The, the, <laughs> next, the next four to five years are all going to be just L's for me. I am completely convinced of that. So don't listen to anything I say, but I will say right off the bat that I feel like this year – there will be a long shot that wins a derby. And that's really my take. <laughs> that's a good take. That's a, I mean, we're overdue. We're certainly overdue for a favorite not winning, I think, at this point. I mean, the, the, the last two years, I was pretty – this this time last year, I was all in on Justify. And there, there's so many names I, I know at this point that – I've looked at um, uh, there's a 30 to one shot that you might get John Velasquez on named cutting humor. You might get a two time Derby winner on a 30 to one horse. Um, That that's, that's something that's interesting. Um, And there's just been a lot. I don't, I just, it it feels like a long shot year. It just does. No, it's, I I can, I can see that. I I haven't poured into the PPs as much. I haven't followed a, um, you know, some of the openers as much. I was actually planning on being at, at, at Keeneland for the bluegrass stakes and that just didn't work out. And yeah, um, yeah no, it's, it's, it's definitely the next two weeks are going to be interesting. This whole uh, having Easter kind of break things up is not, is not conducive to my research. So I definitely, <laughs> yeah, you're I, not a fan of it. Are you? I'm not a fan of it. It's a, it's a little odd. So I, next week is going to be interesting. I'll probably just looking at the names of the horses. There's a, a horse called war of will probably have to go with that. Cause my son's name's will nice. uh, maybe, maybe that'll be a good one. Yeah. Cutting humor. I see 30, 31, but Omaha beach appears to be the winner. I'm guessing it's a Bob Baffert horse. Not even hundred percent sure, but I'm going to guess. Do you, do you think they should limit the amount of horses that a trainer has in the Derby? Because this is a take that I have, <laughs> that I've heard thrown out for a few people that I've kind of came around to. I got to be quite honest with you. I am a fan of this. <laughs> No, I, 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 I've never heard that, but I think it's not a bad take. I, I've heard it over the last few weeks, and I, I don't know if I heard it last year or something, but I've heard a few people mention it, and I'm like, you know, maybe I don't want to see Bob Baffert and Todd Fletcher in the winter circle every year. Maybe I, I could be a fan of this of this take. There's there's a horse named Win Win Win. That that that's, that's gonna a get good better. name for. I saw that. That's a good that, horse name. That's gonna be funny because it's twenty five to one now. I guarantee you that it's gonna be lower than fifteen to one just because of just people of the name. floating. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm sure we will give. I'm sure we will have plenty. But I wanted to get your initial take. Any any kind of reaction? This kind of came down the pipe this afternoon about uh, Churchill and Keeneland banning Lasix. I think twenty twenty. They said they're gonna do it. I'm completely for it. Completely for it. Yeah. The, I, the, the I, Santa I, Anita thing is like not gotten a lot of press and uh, that's and probably that's, really good for the horse racing industry. Cause it's one of the craziest stories in sports right now. Like to yeah. be quite honest with you, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to be, you know, kind of an expert in the horse industry, but I think anything that benefits the, you know, the animal uh, is yeah. something I'm going to be a fan of. Um, so, uh, 
supplement drugs that kind of alter the horse the day of a race i am not going to to be a fan of i you yeah. don't see that you don't see that anywhere in sports so, so why, why kinda, should we treat it that way no I, 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 i'm right there with you and so that, yeah. that's kind of my perspective the the santa anita story is you mentioned it and everyone that's listening to this podcast should do themselves a favor if you live in mobile and you care about the horse racing industry even an iota you should do a little research and familiarize yourself with the story because it is important it's something that people need to know about going forward um because it it, it matters um there's a lot of things going on in the horse racing industry and that and that's something that kind of illuminates something that matters i mean i mean it, it almost does. yeah yeah it almost feels like we sort of are uh on on the edge of uh, of potentially some kind of movement some heavy movement in the horse racing industry which i think some of them some of the tracks are trying to cut off by you know banning lay six day of race day of um but it but with the santa anita thing the way i was going i'm surprised it didn't get more publicity than it did because that's one of those stories that kind of takes off and then a bunch of people just get on board you know you you have your PETA people kind of always on board with um you know rallying against the horse racing industry but PETA's PETA's uh but i think that's one of those stories that a lot of people would hop on with that boat and and be like hey well what's going on here yeah Um, maybe this isn't good and, I think uh, you're, I think you're going to see. I, I would imagine that 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 story heats up a little bit more before Derby time to refresh the public's memory about it because I think it'll be yeah. And the Courier Journal's done some good uh, some good research. I think they did a a, a good article about. Um, to be quite frank, the mortality rates of, of the racehorses and and yeah. where Churchill compares to the other tracks. And listen, I mean, I th- you know just kind of underline this. I mean, I think Chris and I, not to speak for you, Chris, but I think we've met people in the horse racing industry, a ton of people who you know have nothing but love and and admir- and 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 care for the horses. But um, you know, you can't you can't deny that there's there's some issues. No, I mean, I would love, I would haven't even mentioned to you, but I would love to make this more extensive podcast topic because I think this, we kind of have an onus to have a podcast about the city of Louisville to talk about important issues in in the city. And this is a very significant issue. Um, Worthy discussion. We can, we'll have somebody on here more qualified to talk about it than us (laughs) and and kind of pick their brain. The Warriors are up 68 to 46 right now. I literally do. Dude, I saw I saw the nine and a half spread, and I'm like, <laughs> I've got money in my pocket to bet this game, so I'm just not gonna bet it. But my God, it felt so. Oh, it felt so. Hey, but the Clippers have them right where they want. <laughs> yeah, them. They, apparently they do. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was it was good to be back today, man. It was good to be back, Chris. And it's almost we, been an hour and a half now. So almost been an hour and a half. This is like 100 percent our longest spot ever. Um, so if you're listening this long, we appreciate it, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you then.